Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, February 1st. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna, to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Terumah, and it means offerings. Exodus 25, 31-26, Make a lampstand of pure hammered gold. Make the entire lampstand and its decorations of one piece, the base, center stem, lamp cups, buds, and petals. Make it with six branches going out from the center stem, three on each side. Each of the six branches will have three lamp cups, shaped like almond blossoms, complete with buds and petals. Craft the center stem of the lampstand with four lamp cups, shaped like almond blossoms, complete with buds and petals. There will also be an almond bud beneath each pair of branches where the six branches extend from the center stem. The almond buds and branches must all be of one piece with the center stem, and they must be hammered from pure gold. Then make the seven lamps for the lampstand and set them so they reflect their light forward. The lamp snuffers and trays must also be made of pure gold. You will need 75 pounds of pure gold for the lampstand and its accessories. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. 
Make the tabernacle from ten curtains of finely woven linen. Decorate the curtains with purple, blue, and scarlet thread, and with skillfully embroidered cherubim. These ten curtains must all be exactly the same size, 42 feet long and 6 feet wide. Join five of these curtains together to make one long curtain, then join the other five into a second long curtain. Put loops of blue yarn along the edge of the last curtain in each set. The fifty loops along the edge of one curtain are to match the fifty loops along the edge of the other curtain. Then make fifty gold clasps and fasten the long curtains together with the clasps. In this way the tabernacle will be made of one continuous piece. Make eleven curtains of goat hair cloth to serve as a tent covering for the tabernacle. These eleven curtains must all be exactly the same size, forty-five feet long and six feet wide. Join five of these curtains together to make one long curtain, and join the other six into a second long curtain. Allow three feet of material from the second set of curtains to hang over the front of the sacred tent. Make fifty loops for one edge of each large curtain. Then make fifty bronze clasps and fasten the loops of the long curtains with the clasps. In this way, the tent covering will be made of one continuous piece. The remaining three feet of this tent covering will be left to hang over the back of the tabernacle. Allow eighteen inches of remaining material to hang down over each side, so the tabernacle is completely covered. Complete the tent covering with a protective layer of tanned ramskins and a layer of fine goatskin leather. For the framework of the tabernacle, construct frames of acacia wood. Each frame must be 15 feet high and 27 inches wide. Isaiah 6.1 to seven six. It was in the year of King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am, 
send me. And he said, Yes, go, and say to this people, Listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people. Plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts, and turn to me for healing. Then I said, Lord, how long will this go on? And he replied, Until their towns are empty, their houses are deserted, and the whole country is a wasteland, until the Lord has sent everyone away, and the entire land of Israel lies deserted. If even a tenth, a remnant, survive, it will be invaded again and burned. But as a terebinth or oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump will be a holy seed. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, and grandson of Uzziah, was king of Judah, King Rezin of Syria and Pekah, son of Ramalia, the king of Israel, set out to attack Jerusalem. However, they were unable to carry out their plan. The news had come to the royal court of Judah. Syria is allied with Israel against us. So the hearts of the king and his people trembled with fear, like trees shaking in a storm. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Take your son Shear Jashub and go out to meet King Ahaz. You will find him at the end of the aqueduct that feeds water into the upper pool, near the road leading to the field where cloth is washed. Tell him to stop worrying. Tell him he doesn't need to fear the fierce anger of those two burned-out embers, King Rezin of Syria and Pekah, son of Ramalia. Yes, The kings of Syria and Israel are plotting against him, saying, We will attack Judah and capture it for ourselves. Then we will install the son of Tabil as Judah's king. Matthew 21, 23-46 When Yeshua returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question, Yeshua replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believe John was a prophet. So they finally replied, We don't know. And Yeshua responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Son, go out and work on the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, You go, and he said, Yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, The first. Then Yeshua explained his meaning. I I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, 
You refuse to believe him and repent of your sins. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him. But the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, Surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, Here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard, and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Yeshua asked, What do you think he will do to those farmers? The religious leaders replied, He will put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Yeshua asked them, Didn't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. When the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Yeshua to be a prophet. Psalm 26, 1-12 Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. For I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I live with integrity. So redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground, and I will publicly praise the Lord. Proverbs 6, 16-19 There are six things the Lord hates. No seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. I want to speak to you today from Isaiah chapter 6. And this is a really awesome 
and an amazing scene that is being described for us. And in Isaiah chapter 6, we have Isaiah, and he is in the temple. But I believe it's the heavenly temple. It's the spiritual temple in heaven. And he has a vision, and he sees the Lord sitting on a throne, and the train of his robe fills this temple. And then he sees these seraphim, each with six wings, and two wings cover their faces, and with two they cover their feet, and with two they would fly. And they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. So these are living seraphim with six wings. Now there's another scene that we read about yesterday that I want to bring back to our remembrance. It's from Exodus 25, verse 22. And the Lord is speaking to Moses and saying, He's telling him about the most holy place and about the Ark of the Covenant and that there would be two cherubim facing each other, looking down upon the atonement cover and their wings spread above it and protect it. And they place this Ark in the most holy place in the tabernacle and the Ten Commandments are inside. And then God says in Exodus 25 verse 22, I will meet with you there and talk with you from above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hover over the Ark of the Covenant. From there I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. Now here, Moses is in a wilderness tabernacle in the earthly realm, in the most holy place. And if he could somehow take a spiritual elevator or let's call it a portal, and go straight up into the heavenly tabernacle, then he would be in the exact same spot in the heavenly realm. So Moses is in the same place, the same setting or similar setting as Isaiah. But Moses is in the earthly realm, in the wilderness tabernacle, in the most holy place, where I believe Isaiah, in his experience, in this vision he has, God has somehow translated him to a heavenly realm, into the most holy place in the tabernacle of heaven. And there he sees not gold cherubim, but he sees living seraphim. And this place where he is, is very, very, very holy. And because it is such a holy place, because of God's presence, Isaiah becomes acutely aware of his own sin and how unholy he is. And what's the first thing that comes to his mind? I am a man of unclean lips, and I am a people. My people are people of unclean lips. That is probably one of the most common sins that we commit, is sins with our mouth, with our words. We do Lashom Hurrah, we gossip, we say things hurtful 
to those around us that we know and love. Criticize, condemn, judge, accuse, blame, rather than edify, lift up, affirm, and encourage. And all of it's being recorded, all of it's being written down in a book in heaven. And we will be held accountable for every word we have spoken. So these two scenes are comparable. They're not the same, but they're very similar. It's a place of drawing near to the Lord in the most holy place. And we must approach in humility and humbleness and in brokenness, in repentance even. So that he can change us from glory to glory. So you see, in this scene with Isaiah, a seraphim flies to him with a burning coal from heaven, from the altar, and he touches Isaiah's lips with it and says, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And then the Lord is about to commission him, give him his assignment. And the Lord says, Who shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. In Hebrew, it is hineni. Here I am, send me. And so when we come to him in a fashion like what Isaiah did, in humility and in brokenness and in repentance, and we are then forgiven, then God can use us. Then we become a vessel of honor that he can use. So Isaiah is commissioned to become God's messenger and to speak the word of the Lord to the people. And what was that word? The word of the Lord that Isaiah speaks to the people as he calls them to repentance. And what exactly does repentance mean? Repentance is not just, I feel sorry about my sin, God please forgive me. Repentance is a call to return to following and obeying the Torah. What does, what, when we don't repent and we're in sin, what is that about? Iniquity. It's being lawless. It's being Torah-less. And so when we repent, we're turning away from being lawless, being without the Torah, and we're turning to Yeshua. We're turning to Him. We're coming under His blood. His blood washes us, cleanses us, and we are forgiven by His grace and His mercy. We confess our sin to Him, and we say, Lord, help me. Change me. I want to follow you. And so we become a disciple of Yeshua. So we are to follow the Torah because Yeshua followed the Torah. And when I say the Torah, I mean the entire Bible, all of it, Genesis to Revelation, not just the New Testament, not just the first five books of the Old Testament, 
all of it by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And apart from the Holy Spirit, we cannot do it. We will fall and we will fail. But with the indwelling Holy Spirit, out of a heart of love, I love Him, and that's why I obey Him. I want to step into this marriage covenant with Yeshua. And the covenant includes the Ten Commandments. So, Abba, today we rededicate our lives unto you. We love you, Yeshua. We thank you for your marriage covenant with us, the ketubah that was given to us at Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. We love you, Yeshua. We give you our hearts and our lives. And we thank you for all of your word, that it's our light, it's our truth, it's our pathway, it's our journey. It defines the road for us, the narrow way. And we thank you that your word is a light unto our path and a lamp to our feet. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.